Round one, fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to the 314th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy audio-based legends over at Audio-Technica. Go upgrade your audio game today over at audiotechnica.com. And I am your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan8Bits. And joining me as is tradition, the chai to my peppermint. You can find her on them socials at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart. How the bloody hell are you? Doing good, doing good. And thank you for calling me Chai. I appreciate that. Especially Great as character. a as a very recent adapter to also just drinking chai lattes in general. Mm. Um, I appreciate it. Shout out to both the character and the brew because, yeah, it is a tasty drop and uh, he is a tasty, fantastic character. I'm actually sick. Like, I really like hate how variable it is now when I'm like, oh, I want a chai latte. Because some places just do this, like the premix stuff, which is sadly what I want. But then other people like try and brew their own, you know, fresh chai, and then I usually mm-hmm. trick, and I'm like, oh, it tastes too real. <laughs> Give me that artificial Give me that instead artificial. of this real high quality stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I I lived a lie for a good long time regarding chai lattes. I just naturally assumed it was coffee, which it is not. Obviously, it is more of a tea blend. Yeah, so, yeah uh, it's more of a tea blend. And it goes against my policy of um, it is absolutely ridiculous to put milk in tea. Oh, uh, yes. Um, yes. So it's just it is completely wrong with everything that I have opinions on when it comes to tea consumption and coffee and all that sort of stuff. So... Turning a new leaf, a tea leaf. Yes, indeed. So chai is the exception to the milk-based tea rule. Apparently. It's delicious. And that sort of cinnamony hit you get from it, it is sort of like it gives you a bit of a desserty, tasty treat and almost like a Christmassy, tasty treat too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I never anticipated that it was going to have that nice taste to it. And Plus, it kind of reminds me of um, horchata. Just a little Ooh, bit. Oh, yes. So it's like also this like weird kind of like accessible, like similar to horchata. Not the same, but similar. Yeah. And for those that are going, what in good blazes is a horchata? It is a Mexican style milk drink and you can get a dirty horchata, which comes with a shot of espresso, espresso mm. coffee in there. And it is just mwah. All yeah. good Mexican outlets typically sell it. It's still on the up and up here in Australia, but there is some places you can hunt down a horchata, and it is phenomenal. It's so refreshing. Yeah, a little more easier for me over here in California, but yeah, it's, it's if you if it's on the menu, try it out. Hundred percent, pretty good. Yeah, especially if they do a dirty one. But anyway, yeah. speaking of dirty, um, let's talk about what we've been doing this week. Spoilers. I... Okay. <laughs> I just don't know where that like where that connection's going, so I'm gonna like keep going and get there. Yeah, neither do I. Actually, I'm thinking about it out, like out loud now, which is always fun to do on a on a live podcast recording, not planning things out. But uh, yeah, we're here. We're uh, here to talk about what we've been doing. It's going to be a bit more game centric today, as far mm. as things that we've covered off in this past calendar week. Obviously, episode two of the Last of Us live action TV show has been 
hitting yeah. the airwaves. That's it right. is fantastic. That's all I'm going to say. Anatov, love you forever and always. And I'm uh, very happy to see her getting some more coverage on another great big American hit. Go check out Mindhunters and Fringe where you can because she's just the best. Mm. But uh, let's talk about a game that uh, got stealth dropped this week. Off the back of the uh, Xbox and Bethesda developer direct. And that is none other than a game called Hi-Fi Rush, which was done by Tango Gameworks. And Tango Gameworks, for anyone playing at home, are typically like a very scary horror game mm-hmm. franchise. Like The Evil Within, they did, they most recently did Ghostwire Tokyo. You can listen to our spoiler cast on that to get our very uneven thoughts from last year if you want to check that out. But Hi-Fi Rush just comes out of nowhere announced at the direct and then it's like oh by the way it's on xbox game pass right now and um i thought of you the millisecond this game was announced (laughs) and it sounds like the rest of the broader gaming community did as well yeah i i just like throughout the day i was getting like occasional messages on different social platforms and such saying like hey like it's either hey this looks like your kind of game or just like a hey this looks like something you'd be interested in or uh, what do you think about this game kind of thing like that? So I'm 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 very appreciative that I've set some kind of like tone or like kind of like theme of what kind of games I like. Um and everyone's right. Like there's a lot of um there's a lot of boxes that check like for me when it comes to like the how they were trying to sell this game as it being like it's a you know bright colorful um rhythm based uh kind of uh, action game but like <laughs> Yeah, like everyone was right to assume that it was for me and I downloaded it as soon as like I possibly could. Yeah, it is it is fantastic. Like it's a genre or a style of game that I I don't typically play on on the daily or even semi-frequently, but um you know, we've got like action, we've got melee-based combat, mm-hmm. we've got larger than life characters, that the color palette and just the character models in this game in general phenomenal love the art style love the characters love the voice work love the soundtrack the fact that we've actually got real musical artists providing songs and like artists such as like nine inch nails in this that was a surprise like they set the tone of the game with um black keys i keep on forgetting what the song's actually called but everyone if you don't haven't heard the song by now then you You've probably been living under a rock because everyone played it to death. Unless maybe they've got a love that keeps them waiting as well. Exactly. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> but, um, yeah, starting the actual game, like, with this kind of – that kind of, like, tone, I'm like, oh, we're really we, – we are really using, um, like, real bands, real music kind of thing. But then they also have their own music, like, kind of in between. Um, but yeah, when, when seeing like what bands they actually got involved, I'm like, this is incredible. It's not like they kind of just stuck to one tone. They did actually venture out and try and do different, um, bands and different music styles, which is good. Um, but the, like the, the design of this game, it is absolutely so smooth and so polished where we go from scenes, um, of like cut scenes and story development. And it is so smart, so clever the way that they do that, um, transferring between cut scenes back into gameplay. But because of the art style that they decided to go with in this game, it's, I wouldn't say it's flawless, but I would say that 
it is not jarring to say the least and it's such a smooth transition from cut sequence and stories to um, actual gameplay. So it's absolutely brilliant. There's just so much um, in this game that just makes me smile and I'm absolutely loving this game. It's it's buttery smooth and playing it, it feels like a throwback or a homage to, to games from like the, you know, the PlayStation 2 era, the PlayStation era. Like it's, you know, the colors are big and bold same as the characters and it's sort of a gameplay loop that isn't very common in in today's regular game releases it feels very nostalgic for me playing a game like this in a way but it also feels new and fresh how they're weaving in the combat and obviously if you are not very rhythmical and you can't hit the notes that's fine you can still have success and you can still fight the enemies but when you can hit those buttons um on on the beat note as well those combos, you know, get more strength to them. They look more impressive and everything else like that. So I like that the game, you're not doomed in the game if you can't match that beat and, yeah. and succeed uh, musically. You can still have a good time, but the game really starts to sing, I guess you could say, when you do hit those notes and chain those combos together and just make it ascend. And, and Chyne, he's, uh, you know, he's axe-like guitar that he's swinging around and he's in his very robotic Swiss Army knife arm he's got going on is... Mm-hmm. Uh, great sort of additions to that sort of uh, combat loop and it's so great i love it i enjoy later in the game where you're sort of getting side characters coming on in to to help uh take down larger enemies and um, add to sort of just the chaos and hilarity on the battlefield too like there's some genuinely funny and and great moments in this in this game and it's just super easy to lose lots of time playing it yeah so i was gonna say um the main character Chai has this kind of persona about him that maybe when it's done wrong, it, like I know for me, I just would find them absolutely irritable. But like, and I might be a little bit impartial because the voice actor is Robbie Damon, who has he does a lot of anime. He does um, so yeah, you probably recognize his voice. Um, and he's also been on Critical Role as well. Um, but he just does that voice perfectly where he is both he's like lovable charming but like you know also has that dorkiness and just hits those comedic timing right where he doesn't become like arrogant or irritable and then also bouncing off uh peppermint um and i just want to say i'm not a cat person i never usually like cats in games but the little 808 (laughs) 808, the little cat companion and just even the little loading screen where it's like music notes coming out of a butt like like fart notes it's it's great. Like I, I, I think they handle the writing and interactions in this game just right. There's enough of it in there with a lot of like, you know, funny moments, but they never draw it out where it's like, okay, get over it. Let's keep going with this. Like, I'm completely engaged in everything that's happening, and um, that's the brilliantness about the music. And then incorporating rhythm into the gameplay is that like you're just you're constantly vibing and you're constantly active and engaged into the actual game. So I love rhythm games. So obviously I'm always going to say that that's a preference of mine, but it just, it just makes the experience overall just more fun and engaging. Yeah, I I completely agree. Like um, the game is paced really well. The tone is good. And I like that in between missions, you've got your home base sort of hub world you can hang out with and, and interact with the crew and yeah 808 and that's where you you go to upgrade your abilities and learn new moves and things like that so i like that it gives you time to 
to breathe in between some of these pretty frantic levels and battles that yeah. you can be having. And also the fact that you can go back and replay levels to sort of, uh, you know, level yourself up as well. So you can, you can turn Chai into a bit of a force of nature from a, from a combat perspective, depending on how much you want to grind. But yeah, it's, it's super fun. It's super well thought out. Like Tango, who put this game together, like, yeah, it's very unlike anything they've done recently. But I mean that also as a big compliment because, yeah, Ghostwire was pretty underwhelming. The Evil Within 1 and 2, I, I love and adore. But this couldn't be a far enough step away from both of those titles, both in tone, in the, the visual aspect, the, like everything. It feels like a completely new studio has tackled this game, but it also feels like there's a lot of love and heart on display in yes. this game. And it's just great it is so fun and i've been loving my time with it this week so honestly far. can't make the connection whatsoever to this game to the other games that they've made like no connection whatsoever um a lot of people have been obviously throwing around that um there's a lot of similarities to sunset overdrive and i see it um i definitely think there's a lot of connection to there i'm also getting a lot of persona vibes and i'm also getting a little bit of scott pilgrim as well obviously you know with the incorporation of music as well but just like running around with the axe and you know the witty banter and all that sort of stuff as well so um i it's on game pass so you know everyone was able to kind of well, who anyone who had access to game pass was able to just jump in instantly and to see that this game like what it is actually priced as like $30. Yeah. So you can pick it up on Steam if, if you're not a Game Pass user or you could just sign up to Game Pass for PC and play it that way included in your monthly sub. So there's a few ways to get it for a pretty damn competitive price. Yeah, and not to mention that if you sign up for Game Pass, there's another major release that's coming out that I think is on Game Pass as well. So if you want to kind of be smart with your money and then just sign up for a month or so and make sure you hit two, well, two possibly great games, um, now would be the time, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, lots of, lots of fun. Um, I, I'm, I really have a plan to finish this. I hope we don't hit any walls where, you know, sometimes like you kind of hit a wall with games where you're enjoying it, but then things might get a little bit repetitive or something happens and it kind of just stops you dead in your tracks. So, but, um, yeah, I'm going to keep playing this one. I love that this is just one of those perfect storm titles as well, where, no one knew this existed until this developer showcase occurred. And everyone, you could see, I love the flow on Twitter where it, it gets showcased. You see the trailer, like the, everyone's like, holy shit, this looks great. I can't wait to play it. And then you see a follow-up tweet like a few minutes later, like, oh my God, it's out right now. I'm downloading it as we speak. Like just the hype just crescendoed into this big level of excitement. Now everyone's just thirsting for it. So unfortunately it did get leaked the day before. And oh, which okay. also makes it a little bit kind of, you kind of go, oh, because they actually make a lot of reference to that in their presentation saying, hopefully it hasn't been leaked yet. And it did. Um, but I think like I was already very much in love with the game. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play this. And then when they kind of panned back and he goes, I've got one more exciting thing to say. I'm like, please say it's available today. Please say it's available today. And then they said it and I'm like, oh, this is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> and the made the showcase just a win for me. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. And then the internet is loving it. Like you can see the chatter from everybody that's picked it up and played it so far. And mm -hmm. it's glowing reviews, very positive experiences with it. And it's just another, like it's a win that I think Xbox has probably needed for, for a while now. It's been a bit uneven the last couple of months. No, the consistent, whole, yeah. Yeah, and the whole Blizzard Activision drama that's just dragging on and dragging on this is a nice little plus where everyone's sort of been saying hey xbox where's all your exclusives 
we, we want them. We've been waiting. You've got all these studios. And they're like, well, Mr. and Mrs. Listener or viewer, here you go. Here's Hi-Fi Rush available right now. Get it in you. And everyone has and everyone loves it and everyone's happy. So it's been a good win, I think, for everybody involved from Tango to Xbox to Microsoft to gamers because this game is freaking great. Yeah, more Gorilla Drops in games because, like, I love I, – I think that's brilliant. Like, by the time, like – I, I, I'm wondering if it's also well execution. I guess if the game didn't perform well, then maybe it would have been a different experience. But to see a game go from announcement to drop to absolutely everyone loving it, talking about it and just praising it, I think to me would just be an amazing experience that's just less like less pressure, I guess, on the studio. Because I imagine when you kind of like drag everything out through years, it must be just like a weight on the shoulders. But then just doing everything in one big bang, at least it just happens all at once. Exactly. And especially having that sort of beast that you can just push this down from like from a sales funnel perspective with Game Pass is the fact that you've got tens of millions of players already on Game Pass. So the uptake like probability is really high because they're like, well, it's not costing me anything. I can try this risk free for the most part and not, not be burning. 30 odd dollars or whatever so just the fact that it gets instant access to yeah like 30 odd million players potentially just really props up games like this to have a high chance of success right from the jump and it feels like tango gameworks have uh, hit this one out of the park especially after ghostwire tokyo being very subpar last year so uh yeah. yeah shout out this game is sick i love the art love the soundtrack hope we get more of this hope hope they're already sort of potentially plotting out a potential scope for a sequel because uh, the bones of this game could lead to some good fun. Oh, yeah, I I agree. I Just everything about it is just um, so enjoyable and whether it is in the same universe or they just take the, like you said, like the bones of structure and just like go with it and just run with different, um, different types of games, I'm all for it. It's so great. And, and something else that's also great, completely different tonally, but I've been working my way through the uh, the Dead Space remake, which has come out to much critical acclaim from a review perspective. And I will say, rightfully goddamn so, Motive, who has taken this one up, uh, I've been playing this on the Xbox Series X with thanks to uh, EA for shooting a key over my way. We've got a spoiler cast coming out in the next week or so, so I'm not going to go into specifics too heavily here because I prefer to keep all my thoughts in that big deep dive discussion with John and myself. But yeah, this is fantastic. It is improving on a lot of the concepts from a horror classic from, from you know several years back now. Uh, the necromorphs are just as terrifying and even more so. I like that there is sort of this like skin-based layer system you've got in it now where you've got to wear down various levels of flesh to get to the bone to dismember the appendages of these necromorphs, which mm -hmm. is like, you know, it sounds kind of gross when I say it, it out does, loud yeah. like that, but it is so great. The visuals in this game are top of the class. Like it is stunning in all the creepiest, most horrific ways you'd ever see. The way it uses darkness and light to build up the build up the tension going from area to area in the Ishimura is fantastic. Uh, the the one thing that's been an adjustment for me with um with this game is Isaac Clark, who's the protagonist you play as in the first game or the first version of this game, I guess you could say. Now he was a silent protagonist, but they've oh, given him a voice. Oh. They've given him a voice in this, and it's good. It adds a little bit more weight to some interactions, but I think I enjoyed 
that silent protagonist trope in a game where it makes you feel like you are more that character. You know, that is you. So you sort of start to get into his space boots a little bit more where now that they've humanized him a little bit, there is a slight disconnect, but there's also then some more more depth that gets added by him having a character, uh, having a voice and having an opinion in these scenes. So that was a little bit of a bit of a tweak as far as a change to the narrative where, where Isaac Clark, yeah, he's, he's found, he's found his vocals and, uh, he, he likes to chat and keep things going on. But this game is so great. I like the, the reworking of the characters, the reworking of the necromorphs and how you have to deal with them. Some of the slight changes as far as the abilities that you've got to work through. Um, in parallel with some of the, the weapons or the, the items or the tools you get to, to weaponize as well is great. But this game is super duper duper fun, super creepy, very much dread inducing like the original. But yeah. oh my God, it is stunning. And I know we were talking for most of 2022 about how Callisto was going to eat Dead Space's lunch. We were we were curious if it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like Callisto got out early before Christmas in December and yeah. uh, grabbed Dead Space's sandwich and attempted to run with it. But then this game used stasis on Callisto and they couldn't move and they grabbed that sandwich back and it feels like they've beaten Callisto around the head with said sub sandwich. Like, uh, yeah, Dead Space wins this battle. Uh, I still enjoyed Callisto, but this is just a slight step up, not only from a quality perspective, but from... Uh, you know the gameplay, the voice acting, the the art, and just the the graphics and the sound itself—all just like top tier, top tier, top tier, top tier. And um, yeah, I think this is going to end up on uh, quite a few people's games of the year list. Oh, you come, reckon? Uh, end of twenty twenty three. It is fan freaking tastic, and yeah, I apologize for ever doubting EA Motive and thinking that this game could be potentially a dud because I was very wrong on this one. It is great and scary, and I can't get enough of it. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I'm I'm a bit too hesitant to actually get into it. Um, I'm not great on scary games, and unfortunately my time in Dead Space lasted. Well, so there's loading in the game, there's getting into the menu, there's the game starting, and then there's the first jump scare and then me turning off the console. Um, so that's about my <laughs> experience with Dead Space. Yeah, it's um it's it's worth giving a crack. Like uh if, if especially if you feel like getting scared. This is a game that's gonna gonna scare you in parts. Like there is there is some some sections of the game where it takes a little bit of that dread and just overall scariness. And instead of getting you worked up via fear, it's almost like it works you up via overwhelming you with sheer numbers of necromorph. So it's gone mm. like that quantity over quality in, in a few moments. But overall, like I had some jumps on the couch. I had some audible gasps and screams and yeah was was shocked quite a few times playing through and yeah it's great i am very happy that they've uh they've remade dead space because this is a very special game and it adds so much more to the original and yeah i can't wait to talk about it in more detail when we get the spoiler cast coming out somewhere in the next week or so but uh it feels like as as far as an easy comparison from the last couple of years it's like what resident evil 2 remake did for the original where it took the great parts elevated that added new storytelling added new dimension to the game and came out to uh, much critical acclaim that's what this dead space remake has done as well so uh yeah shout out to motive shout out to ea for slinging us some keys and uh yeah we'll be talking about this in more detail in the coming week or so right here on this hungry gamers rss feed so yeah two two big wins this week oh yeah 
two big wins. Very excited to uh, to see what else the year has to come because we've started off uh, January with a couple of very high notes with a lot of praise from around the space. So, uh, yeah, 2023, off to a great start. Yeah. Onward and upward. Yes, hopefully, hopefully. Otherwise, there's the, the pessimist in us, and it's like, well, the only way to go from here is down. So we'll see. See what February brings with the uh, the ever-divisive Hogwarts coming out in a couple of weeks. But quick bit of housekeeping. Obviously, if you wanted to uh, support us monetarily, you can do so over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. We've got subscription tiers starting from $1 per month. If you want to get some of the best merchandise in the gaming and culture space, you can head on over to shop8bit.net to do so. Obviously, our central hub for everything is videogamesandculture.com, and that is the home for all things 8-bit. Uh, while you're doing the the hunt of all things 8-bit, be sure to check out More Than Hentai, an anime appreciation podcast. That is the new anime podcast that dropped this past week. Get those episodes in your ear holes. Send feedback my way. And if you can rate, review, subscribe it, that would be great. Just so we can keep this little puppy charting and trending for a little longer. Be sure to join our Discord with the direct link in the show notes for this episode. You can just click straight on through and jump on in and have a chat with us and the 8-Bit Nation on our Discord on the regular. And the last bit of housekeeping, shout out to Clayton for winning January's pizza prediction. Nice. That was focused on Forspoken, the game that come out to... uh, you know, very uneven response at best, you could say. But he uh, nailed the correct score to the letter. I said a 69, and it just so happens it was a 68. So he nailed it. And enjoy that pizza pie coming your way in the next couple of days or so. So, uh, yeah. Congrats, Clayton. Clayton. GG. I'm hungry for pie now thinking about that too. Maybe that's what I'm going to do tonight. Have some pizza. Who knows? <laughs> but anyway, listeners, let's shift on over to this This week's news headlines. Presented by Audio-Technica. All right, a couple little quick hitter bangers to start things off. And very bittersweet news, but uh, I don't think it surprises anybody. But a little more than two years after its original release, Crystal Dynamics is preparing to end active development on Marvel's Avengers. A decision, it says, it undertook in conjunction with our partners. According to a blog titled Final Update on the Future of Marvel's Adventures, which was released this week, support will discontinue on September the 30th, after which digital purchases will no longer be available. All solo content will continue to be playable after support ends, and multiplayer will also be available to what extent we do not know. So, no more new content coming to Marvel. Mm. No more opportunity for spider-man to jump onto any other platform than sony as well he's going to be forever a sony console or sony platform exclusive sorry pc sorry xbox but uh yeah this game two years after like that's that's a longer life cycle than say something like an anthem but two years is very brief and this game was fine when it came out but yeah, obviously, I finished the main campaign and then sort of fell away very quick. And now Crystal Dynamics and Marvel have decided that this game's probably costing us more money than we're generating. So uh, we out. Yeah. Uh, so this news actually did drop last week when we were, when we were recording. So it was kind of something that we missed. But I think it's very important to kind of address, um, especially as we're seeing more and more game companies gravitate towards games of service um and just trying to constantly hit that angle where 
the expectation of just like uh, the user base to keep on like dro- dropping cash and then just additional DLC on top of DLC on top of DLC. And um, yeah, like they, they always had, I feel like they always had the rough start and they just never, ever were able to pick themselves up. They constantly had uh, pushback on content that they were trying to release, whether it was due to unfortunate circumstances or just not being ready. Um, I know that the player base had a lot of frustrations with uh, game glitches, bugs, loading times and other issues as well. Um, For me, it just wasn't my type of game style and I definitely found it to be quite boring. Um, But um, I mean, the player base that was there that tried to keep it lifted, (laughs) boy, were they dedicated and I give you a lot of props. Um, But it, yeah, as you kind of said, it just doesn't seem like to be financially stable anymore for them. It's probably costing them more than it is to, you know, keep it keep it going. So, decision had to be made. Yeah, it's 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 pretty sad because it's in it's an enjoyable game with friends playing solo. At least for me, not so much. Like it's it's a bit of a hollow world overall. Like the the mainline story had some cool moments and some character interactions and things, but the game really sung for me when I was playing with, you know, one, two or three other people and we had a squad rolling out and doing mm. our uh, superhero thing. And that was cool. But when you didn't have anyone to play with, the game just kind of flopped a little bit from a from a sure. personal standpoint. Aesthetically, it looked fine, but yeah, it was a bit buggy. And the end game, once you finish that main story and you start doing the, the end game content, so much of it was either repetitive or just hollow. So uh, yeah, they really missed the mark. And because there was those constant delays in that year one where content and and expansions for the end game were planned and then it was either delayed or released a little watered down and subpar it just got more and more people offside and then the characters they released they all sort of played very similar to one another anyway like when they released kate bishop and hawkeye as different characters i'm like yeah okay like yes they are different but their their shtick is pretty goddamn similar as far as their their bow wielding heroes and they had similar abilities and whatever like they didn't really get off the beaten track and bring in some very either obscure characters or obscure characters from a moveset perspective it felt like they had like four archetypes that was kind of it so there wasn't much reward to to get off what you know and yeah now what is it september september 30 so in a little over eight months time this game will officially be discontinued so if you are looking to play this and you haven't yet maybe wait as close as you can to that date so you can get this game for probably a few dollars and you can experience that single player expansion in full because uh they're they're going to be opening up all the all the content so all the skins all that shit that you'd not only grinded for or paid good money for is going to be open to everybody in the coming weeks or months anyway at no cost so that's kind of a bit frustrating but i guess it's also like one final thank you to everyone that has checked out the game to, to whatever degree I mean, kind of a thank you, except for the ones that actually drop cash. Yeah, I was a sucker and bought a, and technically um, a the Black people Widow skin. That were actually putting money into the system that they were depending on to keep the things afloat. So the people who were doing the things that they hoped and that were dedicating themselves to the franchise are probably going to get screwed over. And anyone else coming in later will probably get to reap the benefits of a yeah. failing game. Which is a bit upsetting. But uh, yeah, they, they had a big swing. They missed. But uh, we'll see. Obviously, it's not going to be the end of Crystal Dynamics or the end of Marvel from a video game perspective. But yeah, Marvel Avengers was uh, a little rough. And come September 30, it is closed for good. 
mm. as far as new content and support going. The game will live on, but uh, that final version comes September 30 is all you got to play with forever. Yeah. Uh, something else that's a little bit negative, things are not looking good for FaZe Clan's market value. The organization of esports professionals and gaming influencers began trading on the NASDAQ last July, becoming one of only a few esports companies on the market. However, just six months down the road, its stock is dropping and dropping and dropping. At the time of writing, its stock is sitting at uh, $0.75 cents per share. Meanwhile, at its peak in August, FaZe Clan stock was listed as $20 per share. I've debated maybe buying some here on the cheap cheap because I don't think FaZe is going to go anywhere. Like, it is one of the names in the esports and content creation space. Like, FaZe and probably 100 Thieves are the two that at least I always think of, especially 100 Thieves. They're probably the pinnacle as far as breaking away from just typical esports into general influencing and, you know, the content creation and lifestyle space. And But FaZe is probably a, a good good second place in that so maybe it's time to get a few phase shares on the cheap i'm not a professional i'm not an expert in this place so don't take my thoughts on this as general advice to do so but maybe i'm gonna like throw a few hundred bucks at this just for shits and giggles and see what happens well watch out because like i i don't recall where i saw this information but i saw something about if you are uh i guess attached to like that like i think the nasdaq they're going to like, like I think if you're under a dollar or something after a certain period of time, you either get removed or something happens. So yeah, after eighteen months, if your um, share price is not above yeah one US dollar after eighteen months of like staying under that that threshold, they take you off the listing. But that doesn't mean your shares will be. Oh, I guess they'd become probably moot by then. But I've got eighteen <laughs> months to try and turn turn yeah, turn it around. Yeah, so maybe so let's see. Yeah, Let's see. I, I mean, unfortunately, Flaze Flaze Clan has um, um you know, Flaze is my next uh, esports team. They are constantly, I feel like, battling themselves on social media presence and just how they are seen in the community. Um, so I, I, it doesn't surprise me that like when they uh run into issues, especially with having stocks going down. Um, I think it's, I think anything being attached to like a social media space and one that is as risky as the gaming space and esports and esports players and everything that kind of gets attached to that. It's just, it's so damn risky. It's so damn risky, especially if you don't have enough people kind of reeling people in like on their behaviors and such. So, um, yeah, I, I, it'd be interesting to see if they were able to redeem themselves or make any smart business um, business choices choices to um, bring themselves back up. Yeah, it feels like um, they're their own worst enemies at some time uh, because yeah, like they're they're a very divisive org, I guess you could say, and maybe some of the fans like that potential True, pressure yeah. cooker that's always going on. There's always drama, but at the same time broader investors and other companies that want to get in on phase would probably be hesitant to see because they're, you know, that's a, Google yeah. phase clan drama. That's <laughs> exactly pages it, yeah. upon pages upon pages. So it's, it's probably a double-edged sword there where the, the rabid fans of phase love that kind of stuff. But then the, the corporate fat cats that want to throw some money in it to try and build this brand up a little bit more, take that step back because it is a little bit volatile. So we'll see what happens. Hmm. We'll see what happens. Uh, we got an interview this week uh, with IGN, which had Xbox CEO Phil Spencer admitting that Microsoft 68 
a $67.8 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard has been a learning experience, but he remains confident in it going through. And uh, not Phil saying this, but I'm still hoping it goes through in 2023 because that's my prediction. So don't let me down, Philly. (laughs) Let me down, Phil. Yeah, and uh, he was asked outright if Xbox would be having a presence at this year's upcoming E3 event. Spencer stopped short of any kind of confirmation one way or the other, but they have said they will have an event over that sort of US summer period. So is that going to be at E3, at Summer Game Fest? Or a standalone type of event. Yeah. Um, just wholly and solely Xbox, Bethesda, Microsoft, etc., etc. Uh, so so they've got some representation coming during that June big gaming yeah. period. But E3 could be missing one of its big stalwarts there. Maybe. Further confirmed that it's going to... Could be two for two in this little news read alone. <laughs> and he also acknowledged uh, in, X- in 2022, Xbox, dis- uh, Xbox sort of disappointing... A lot of people in general, which saw virtually no major releases in comparison to its competitors. So it was a very honest and open interview. Uh, it's well worth a look uh, just on IGN, and he's been doing the, the rounds with a couple of other news outlets as well. But it was interesting to sort of get that that honest, unfiltered Phil Spencer. And, he, and he's always been like that, which I like. He doesn't really get too much in the, in the corporate uh, buzzwords and fluff. He was open and, and talked positives, talked some negatives, and he was overall, overall pretty optimistic. I think Phil's always a smart guy when he tries to um, address the gaming community and as well as dealing with journalism and all that sort of stuff and what he says and what he and how he presents himself. I do like that he has always kind of presented himself as more of an approachable uh, person, but I mean, also in reading this article, they obviously had to address the recent um, firing in in mass um of a lot of um devs and people within the studio and well the microsoft gaming space um and like from from the small amount that i read it it's it it you know he he knew what to say and what not to say so um there's there's a matter of you know being you know good guy and saying what you think you should be saying and then you know pr speak and being careful about what you say at the same time so um, but overall, I think um, it was good to see IGN at least kind of pushing it out there and asking, you know, the solid questions on the things mm. that matter in regards to Microsoft and Xbox. Yeah, and, and getting some some yeah some valid answers back. Like, yeah, no doubt PR coached him as far as you can or can't disclose this or that. But yeah. he's he's always been a pretty open open interview with everyone that he sort of sat down with. So yeah, we'll see we'll see what twenty twenty three brings for uh, Xbox in general. We've got. Uh, yeah, confirmation that I'll be present come uh, American summer, Australian winter, as far as the big June uh, onslaught of events and, and conferences and things. But uh, don't know which side that they're going to be aligning with. So uh, that's going to be very curious to see. Mm-hmm. All right, the next bit of news. Naughty Dog co-president Neil Druckmann has said that the studio has officially moved on from Uncharted and is now focusing on the next chapter of The Last of Us through the new multiplayer expansion game. Druckmann explained that Sony doesn't pressure Naughty Dog into creating a sequel just because a game is successful, and that the publisher has been very uh, and the publisher has been very supportive in letting the studio follow its own passions. Druckmann then reiterated that Naughty Dog is also open to developing a Last of Us Part Three, but only if the team can come up with a compelling story that has this universal message and statement about love, something it did with Parts One and Two. 
And then the quote further goes on to say, with The Last of Us, it's up to us whether we want to continue it or not. If we can't come up with something, we have a very strong ending with part two, and that will be the end, Truckman finished in an interview doing the rounds this week. Um, and I'm just going to quickly jump straight over to this because it'll tie into the overall talking points here. Tweet of the week. And this tweet comes by way of Dom the Bomb YT. And uh, Neil Druckmann confirmed season two of The Last of Us on HBO will cover The Last of Us Part Two from a narrative and storytelling perspective. So just this morning, we had uh, The Last of Us confirmed that season two is on the way. The, the massive hit on HBO's hands at the moment has been going from strength to strength, only two episodes in. And yeah, season two confirmed annoyingly last week when we were talking about this. Yeah. None of us put it into a prediction, but we were like, if the numbers do well in the next one to two episodes, season two is going to get confirmed. And lo and behold, here it is before episode three drops. We've got season two on the way. But I think the... I don't know if it ever was confirmed or maybe the media already had established if the current season of Last of Us was going to be start to finish The Last of Us Part 1 or if they were going to like cut it in half and then do, you know, Part 1, Season 1, Part 2, Season 2 kind of thing. Well, hang on. Cuts <laughs> the first came into two parts <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. yeah. So, um, but at least this confirms now Season 2 is The Last of Us Part 2. So this means that this current game, we're seeing the full story of Part 1, which I'm, I'm actually surprised. I honestly thought that they were going to kind of push it out a bit, but. I wouldn't have been sad if they if they did push it out, but I guess because part one's or, or season one, which covers part one, <laughs> the wording is great, isn't it? Yeah. Has, has already been shot. And because there was no guarantee that they would get renewed for a second season, I guess at least this way they'd know they'd tell a complete story either way. So it probably makes sense that they'd just do all of the first game crammed into this first season of the live action adaptation. But I'm excited to see what they do with part two, who they're going to cast as Abby. Uh, I've seen you know, a few fantasy casting about that at the moment. Uh, Florence Pugh was getting a few mentions today, who I absolutely love and adore and would not be sad about that at all. Yeah, She's a bit shorter in stature, though. She's not as in physically imposing as Abby. You know, Abby's a very fit, very well-put-together woman. And you know, Florence Pugh, she's gorgeous, and, and you know she does well in, in the Marvel world, and she's an ass-kicker, but she's a little bit more petite in stature. But... No, recastings can work. Mm. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess it makes sense that kind of also because like the aging thing, like, you know, especially when you're working with young actors, you run into the risk of them looking older and older and older. So um, I guess that kind of works out too. So, yeah, well, it's, it's interesting to get this confirmation. And um, it's interesting to also read about Neil Druckmann saying that like Uncharted, done. And then Last of Us is done as far as he's concerned unless, mm. you know, they come up with something else. So that makes me wonder, is he just going to be focusing on The Last of Us in, you know, TV format? Or has he got something else in the works that he wants to work on? Because, you know, it, it seems like he does well. You know, maybe the next big thing. I reckon Naughty Dog are hard at work on, on several, outside of the multiplayer Last of Us game that's that's on the, on the way. I reckon they've got a few other IPs out there, whether it be spin-offs like he, he like he didn't sort of say they're not going to continue the uncharted as far as you know the nathan drake experience maybe yeah. they, they'll plug ourselves into different characters and same as like the last of us like do we flip the script and go somewhere else 
in the United States or across the globe to get another story and perspective from what's happening there in, in that world with The Last of Us. But uh, yeah, Naughty Dog just continue to uh, be just about the benchmark as far as, you know, studios go in the game space. And uh, yeah, Druckmann is one of the main drivers as to why they've had so much success. So uh, yeah. Yeah, bring on season two of The Last of Us and bring on episode three this week because uh, what I've heard from people that have watched the whole show front to back already, sees episode three hits like a truck. So uh, let's see what that means. Uh, moving on to the next bit of news here. I've titled this The Day Be Fake? Question mark. So uh, we were talking about the day before uh, last week yes, as far we as were. games to come out with to get excited about, right? And lo and behold, the the day before has been flipped on its head because developer Fantastic, which is F-N-T-A-S-T-I-C. Fantastic. 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 They were struck by a trademark claim over the name of the game this past week, leading it to be delisted on Steam. In an announcement shared this past Wednesday, the studio claimed that an individual registered the game trademark in the US soon after the announcement of the day of the game in 2021 and got in touch with them on January the 19th of 2023 with a formal complaint. As a result of the situation, Fantastic announced that it was delaying the game's launch to November 10th, as well as the release of its first gameplay trailer. The day before was initially due to release on March the 1st and had already been previously pushed back. Now a controversy has grown amongst the community, accusing Fantastic of being misleading. Players claim that the timing of the trademark dispute is suspicious and that the studio is covering up the lack of progress in the game's development. Reacting to players' claims in a statement to IGN, Fantastic co-founders Edward and Aysen Gotovstev, Gotovstev, sorry about that if I'm completely butchering it, I'm pretty sure I am, but yeah, Edward and Aysen have said that the delay was actually planned before the trademark claim. And the quote reads as follows, We plan to move the game's release date before and plan to announce it with publisher Mytona in a 10-minute gameplay video, they said. And then you all know what happened. So to be on the safe side to ensure that there are no more transfers, we, along with the publisher, chose November the 10th. This is a safe date given the trademark dispute. They added that they were confident in the issue being resolved, that the extra time will allow them to make overall improvements to the title, more specifically addressing the claims that the game isn't actually in active development. They said that the storm will calm down eventually and time will put everything in its place. When the game comes out, people will finally see the truth, they added. In a separate statement, they reiterated, We've been creating the game for four years. All these years have been full of sweat and blood to make this game. And for many members of our team, it is unpleasant to hear such accusations. We didn't take a penny from people. No crowdfunding, no pre-orders, no donations. The game is fully funded by Mytona, one of the largest mobile publishers in the world, who check the game's build at every milestone per our contract. We only believe in the final product. No matter what anyone says, you'll see for yourself on November 10th this year. Zombie Survival MMO instantly attracted a lot of attention when it was first unveiled in 2021. Due to release originally in June of 2022, it was delayed more than a month before release as Fantastic announced it was switching to Unreal Engine 5 and that uh, refreshed launch date was March 1st of 2023. But now we're moving down to November the 10th. So Miss Hart. Yeah. <sighs> this feels like it's a whole heap of hooey and <laughs> we're getting 
an abandoned 2.0 in our hands, which was obviously the horror game that mm-hmm. people were were debating and, and procrastinating about. Is this tied into? You know, is this a Silent Hill related thing? Is Hideo Kojima involved? Does this game even exist? And we still don't even know if Abandon exists, but I'm feeling the day before is also a lot of smoke and mirrors and a lot of bullcrap. Yeah, it's just a curious uh, story overall. Like, it, honestly, to go to this angle, um, talking about a copyright issue where someone else had already hit the copyright on the namesake after the announcement. But I like I don't know how game studios run. I don't know how everything kind of runs like that. But I, my only assumption is, is that if you have a, like... Before you even announce a game, you kind of, like they said, four years, they've been working on this game for four years. So my assumption is, is that once you say, this is what our game's going to be called, you would like, you know, yeah, copyright. You that. have all those ducks in a row yeah. well before the official announcement. Like you have that, that name locked down, you have all the trademarks addressed. Otherwise, you get alleged issues like this where... You know, people people just spend their day trolling the internet and then when things pop up, they're like, oh, where can I pick up those trademarks or those patents? Can I grab that here just to just to throw a lawsuit at them to try and get money out of it? So it's... Not to mention that you don't have like a very unique name like as well. Like it is a... It could be used for like a lot of things as well. So just to, to me, how like what my thought would have been with that within the space before announcement, you... You know, you set what your tone is, what your expectations are, what the game's going to be, what kind of style, et cetera, et cetera. What is the name? And then, like, let's get everything kind of set so we can get working on this title um, and, you know, make it all official. And then once we have some groundwork going in, then we make the announcement. I don't know. But then um, to say also, like, that we have – they said that they had 10-minute gameplay video to show, but now they've decided they're not going to show it then they're not doing anything. They're just now saying that we're pushing it back and that's it. Is that my understanding of what that, came that from all of this? Bang on, yeah. So so they hmm. were planning to show this this gameplay slice finally after after a year and a half of this game being announced. We'd see some gameplay to maybe justify the hype because this was the one of the I think it was the second most wish listed game on Steam up until this moment. So everyone was very thirsty for the day before. And yeah, then this this uh, trademark dispute comes out. So they're like, okay, we've got to pull the listing on Steam. Well, Steam pulled the listing for one, mm-hmm. but two, like fair enough if the the game title is in question. You know, if the game allegedly wasn't trademarked and they need to rename it to I don't know the day before last or something, whatever. But what's stopping them from still showing a bit of this gameplay slice without the the opening title bumper or something? just to get people excited and go, you know what? This game does exist. It looks pretty goddamn sick. I'm excited for it. Go sort out the legalities and we'll see you November the 10th. But instead they just pulled the rug out in every which way and then they give you this this nothing, you know, we were talking about sort of nothing PR speak and that's what this is again here. And it feels very, very similar to the whole drama around the abandoned horror game. It feels like just a couple of spoof games that are never going to come out. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not for one for uh, pressuring a studio and telling them what they should and shouldn't do, as well as condoning any kind of um, negativity or backlash that the um, gaming community likes to do sometimes, feeling like they are deserving of certain things. Um, My only thing is, is that it is just a very curious turn of events and how things have come to be, especially still 
not really seeing that much and then as well as not seeing much content especially with how soon the game was meant to be released so it's just it's it's all weird it's all very strange and I guess only time will tell as it kind of unfolds a bit more I don't know why it's always curious to me that they were funded by a mobile company yeah like, yeah, uh, like, like, yeah, maybe my toner are trying to get out of just phone based games, and you know, this is a big way to do so, but it just feels very bizarre to me. And I love that line when he's like, When the game comes out, people will finally see the truth. <laughs> yeah, I'm just wondering, yeah. like, what they're running into. Like, this was the game where I absolutely brain farted last week and I couldn't figure out what it reminded me of, but it was The Division. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if, like, maybe maybe that's some issues that they're running into where they were very heavily influenced off the division and maybe they're hitting some hitting some things that in regards to design or gameplay or something where it's either maybe too similar or it's not not working out to the standard that maybe that they were displaying when they first announced this but imagine um Eve Gilmo the the head of Ubisoft is the one that's put this uh this counterclaim in because yeah he saw some some nods <laughs> some, to the division they're like hey some inspiration, settle yeah. down we're yeah. coming for you it wouldn't surprise me because obviously Ubi are in a bit of a weird situation at the moment with some of their practices but uh yeah let's see what happens with the day before let's see if we get this gameplay slice out anytime between November 10 or if it's going to be just a a cold open where the game just drops without gameplay, which would be bizarre in itself. But uh, yeah, this just seems very strange to me. Um, Fantastic. I don't know what you're doing. Fantastic. Yeah. It's But it makes for some very interesting discussion here on the podcast, that's for sure. It really does. All right. And the way we're going to close out the news is by sandwiching in what we talked about to begin with, so we've got the the, the bread of, of of Hi-Fi Rush. Now we're going to talk about how that came to be this week. And we'll just quickly recap uh, what's worth knowing about from the Xbox and Bethesda Direct that aired this past week. So uh, the first video, uh, the first big video game showcase of 2023 obviously aired this week. And it gave us a shot. Uh, the show gave us a lot of what we'd be expected. All that had leaked. Yes, yeah, so, which is a bit sad. Like... Um, Luckily, I somehow missed the leaks, Miss Hart. I didn't know it leaked at all. So I, I watched this thing and it was all fresh eyes for me, which I was excited about. Yeah, I saw the leak. I saw that there was a leak in a game on Reddit. And it's usually sometimes when I see that there's been a leak, I just keep scrolling. I'm like, whatever, like, like I'll find out about it. So You're a good soul. But yeah, the developer direct kicked off with a look at Minecraft spin-off Minecraft Legends and its PvP experience. We've got a release date. It's actually coming out on the 18th of April of 2023 across PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and of course, Game Pass. That shifted then to uh, Turn 10's Forza Motorsport. It's got a fully dynamic time of day and weather, a first for the series, and they also confirmed that the game will also have well over 500 cars. This game is going to be coming out at some point in 2023 Mm. on PC and Xbox. They did not confirm a date, though. No, no. So we'll see when Forza Motorsport comes out. Uh, Moving forward, the next announcement that uh, Microsoft dropped was Tango Gameworks' Hi-Fi Rush. And we already talked about that in glowing and gushing detail uh, earlier in this episode. Uh, The next update we got was from uh, developer DirectU. And they focused on the Elder Scroll Online's next expansion known as Necrom. Uh, this includes a new playable, ca- uh, playable class called the Arcanist, and it's going to be set in Eastern Morrowind. Great thing is this expansion is coming out on the 20th of June, 
And then the show was closed off with Arcane Austin's Redfall. And that is going to be out on the 2nd of May. So the mm. cool thing outside of Forza Motorsport, everything else is coming out within the next four to five months. So there's plenty of games coming your way from an Xbox and Bethesda standpoint. Obviously, we've already got Hi-Fi Rush in our hands, which is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Minecraft Legends, like you were talking about Minecraft just last week about yeah. something you've been doing. Does Minecraft Legends excite you? Are you going to be jumping in on this sort of PvP focused in the Minecraft world? No. Like, it, 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 I, I like what the, the things that they have taken from Minecraft and obviously they've also added some additional stuff in there as well. But the style, the what attracts me to Minecraft isn't there. So I, I remember trying out Minecraft Dungeons and why it was fun to play, um, you know, in multiplayer with, like, with, a, with a friend or someone else. Um, playing it alone wasn't as great. And then with this one, I'm like, I just, I just don't see the attraction. I'm like, maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll be surprised. But, um, overall just, uh, just because of my love of Minecraft doesn't necessarily draw me to this one in particular. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm the same. Like I've dabbled sparingly in Minecraft and had fun with it. And this looks interesting. I might like, I'll try it in that sort of first week of release because no doubt that'll be the time when, you know. All of us, or a lot, of our, on, a lot yeah. of our crew, will be on there, so I'll get to experience it. But yeah, it's not something that got me super pumped. Mm-hmm. Um, that Forza trailer, my god! Like video games uh, in that racing sim world is still the best way to showcase video games to to any casual fans or devout fans because it is the most aesthetically pleasing and stimulating stuff you'll ever see. Like the detail on the cars and the environments and the lighting and the weather, like, oh my God, it was the sex. I think that's great that there's always these, like, because I always make fun of these games where I'm like, you're racing around circles, like what more can, you know, you get out of that? Um, but then just seeing more and more and more effort that they put in, in just the details and just, uh, like just upscaling the environment and, and the, the overall user experience, like I, it's like, I kind of laughed, but then I'm like, no, that's really cool. It's just how they mentioned, like, if you get dirt on your car, it will be accurate. Like if you get a little scratch of paint, it will still be there and accurate. And I'm like, like, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's cute. But I'm like, no, that's, that's great. Like that, that attention to detail is pretty, pretty uh, marvelous. So I'll give them yeah, points it's bonkers. That. The, the fact that that, that damage and that environmental scuff that's on the car will be unique depending on the car you're driving. It's not sure. like you hit a wall and it's the same scratch that would, that would cover that panel on a Ford to a Holden to a Ferrari. It's going to impact that car in different ways. And, and yeah, the, the level of detail that uh, Turn 10 has put into Forza is, you know, testament to the people involved there. But my yeah. God, these games are just, just the sex. And... Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing Forza when it comes out sometime this year. The rest of the games were announced for sort of for the first half, so maybe this creeps in in the first half, or maybe it's a bit of a back-end release, but who cares? Possibly. At least we've got it coming in 2023. Hmm. Uh, then, yeah, we got another expansion for The Elder Scrolls Online, Necrom. I, I enjoyed my time with ESO. Do I have any like inclination to go back anytime soon? I do not, but it's cool that they continue to build this world out and there's constant uh content coming out as far as new expansions new world to explore and a new class to to potentially master on june the 20th yeah i'm genuinely shocked that i've never actually experienced eso considering my love for elder scroll and like Mm. 
the amount of times I've replayed uh, Skyrim and purchased it and then played it and then purchased it again and, you know. But maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll wait for another version of ESO. I don't know. I like, like, there's a lot about it that, you know, calls out to me, but I've just never given it the chance. Yeah, yeah. It is fun. I've got characters on PC and Xbox that I may never play again, but I enjoyed the many, many hours I threw into both. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, they closed out the show, obviously, with Arcane Austin's Redfall, which is, you know, your squad-based vampire hunter um, jaunt. It looks good. I'm excited that we've got a date confirmed now, 2nd of May, so we don't have to wait too long at all for that. It's going to be out in a little over three months' time. Uh, the fact that you can play this sucker solo or in four-player co-op bodes very well for all those budding uh, vampire slayers out there. And I'm excited for this. Like, the more they show of this game, the more I'm like, yeah, this is cool. And the fact that they've confirmed that the the world itself is larger than, like, the world that they built out in Deathloop. So I'm like, oh, okay. So it's it's a pretty big universe to explore and get your head around. And each character has unique abilities, so you can play the way you want and everything else. So, uh, yeah, it was cool to see them end with one of the games that was meant to come out in 2022. And they've quickly uh, repositioned that release date to the 2nd of May. But yeah, it was a, it was a nice, tight, focused presentation. I like that we only uh, we only sort of focused on five games. I think you know less is more sometimes with these things, and allowed us to get a little bit more of a deeper dive on those titles instead of you know a quick thirty second or sixty second splash. We got some some genuine info and, and things coming our way, and yeah, it was cool to uh, get our first big showcase of the year uh, done and dusted. Yeah, I think it was um, adequately timed and it didn't um, overstay its welcome. And then we got a good range of stuff, different titles that they were expecting, uh, people were expecting. Um, I think people were shocked that we didn't hear anything about... Um, Starfield? Yeah. Um, but I guess that is probably done with intention. Like maybe there's a possible um, just standalone showcase that they might be... Um, willing to push out before release, um, but yeah, I think I like. Uh, generally, people like to kind of rate these showcases, and I'd say, but you know, I'd give it a solid B. Um, but you know, the thing that really helped that was Hi-Fi Rush. And technically, after playing it, like I said, I'm like, I'd probably give the showcase an A for thank you for releasing such an amazing <laughs> thing day of. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm still I'm glad that we've kind of like started falling into this. Um, individual uh system or team kind of um showcase of games um i'm just i'm just enjoying it more and it's just not an overload of information anymore and you can kind of like sit down break down just a few titles and see what you like see learn more about it or you know kind of just pass on it if you're just not interested at all so i think it's good i completely agree like i I love when whatever maybe whether it's work related whether it's gaming related podcast related i like when this, this content we're consuming is respectful of the audience's time yeah. and this didn't overstay its welcome, gave us five great announcements. Also with, yeah, um, Hi-Fi Rush getting dropped instantaneously after the announcement. Love that kind of stuff. Like we, we talk regularly about more outlets should do guerrilla marketing because it just, you know, hits, it strikes while the iron's hot. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we see more of these focused smaller events instead of having to wait for the yearly E3 update or the Tokyo Game Show or the Gamescom to be the only the place the only sources of truth when these new announcements come. I like that we get these little constant nuggets throughout the whole year to to maintain that excitement and hype. And 
yeah, from from all the people in in the industry out there, they are saying there is a a standalone Starfield event coming sometime soon because it would be very interesting to see what the release date of that's going to be. They they have been talking about it being first half of 2023 as well. And looking at those release dates, like March, it doesn't really have anything big from an Xbox perspective, but that's just around the corner. So they sure. need to probably announce that sooner rather than later. Or is it going to get pushed to the back end and be like your your big tentpole October, November release as, as can be with them as well. So we'll see. But um, yeah, love this. Five games, one available right now that you should check out right now because Hi-Fi Rush is the business. But if you want to see what else is available in the coming week, don't worry because we got your covered. New releases and events. All right, as far as podcasts go, we do have some exclusive snack size episodes available only through our Kofi slash Discord uh, access for for members of the 8-Bit Familia. So if you sign up to Kofi at the dollar tier or above, you can get access to Snack Size. And there will be two episodes available right now with the third on the way that we're going to be recording just after episode 314 of THG. But you can listen to episodes on speed dating and our spoilerish review of the menu there. So check them out via Kofi com forward slash we are eight bit as far as new things coming to the small screen this coming week obviously episode three of the last of us on hbo is about the only thing anyone be caring about at the moment so get that in your eyeballs if you want to go to the cinemas and see something on the big screen don't worry because the whale finally releases here locally as well as knock at the cabin which is the new oh. film by m night Shyamalan. so let's see if that's any good it looks pretty freaking creepy from the trailer i mean like having batista i'm like is this batista's in his name yeah i'm like oh don't tell me i'm just referring to him by his like wrestling name um yeah as a as like what seems to be as like one of the main main characters in the movie is just love that guy i love how much he's um extending himself and his acting chops so yeah he's he's done very, very well for himself, especially because he's taking on so many varied roles. He's mm-hmm. not just being the generic muscle in, in action films or whatever. He's, he's showing he's got a, a good amount of depth to his delivery. And yeah, Knock at the Cabin, I'm curious about this one because old M. Knight, he can hit him out of the park or he can uh, you know strike out. So we'll mm-hmm. see which way it goes with this. Then The Whale, Brendan Fraser, doing his thing, uh, getting a lot of positive press for his acting chops in that one too. As far as games coming out this week as well, so we're talking about release dates between January the 30th through to February the 5th. Uh, Trek to Yomi making its way to Switch. Fantastic little uh, samurai indie gem that uh, we did a spoiler cast on. You can listen to on this RSS feed. Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition making its way to Xbox. Inculinati coming out on the Xbox, Switch, and PC. Season, A Letter to the Future coming out on PlayStation and PC. That is getting a lot of positive press, and I'm looking forward to playing Season, A Letter to the Future. Also got SpongeBob SquarePants, The Cosmic Shape, coming to PC as well as consoles. Chef Life, a restaurant simulator, dropping on everything on February the 2nd. Deliver Us Mars coming out on PC and console on February 2nd as well. Life is Strange 2 making its way to the Nintendo Switch. Tales, the Backbone Preludes coming to PC, and the Pathless making its way to Xbox and Switch. It was a PC and PlayStation release 12 to 18 months or so ago as well. So a good diverse offering of games. 
I'm looking forward to tackling season a letter to the future because it looks great. Yeah, some of the reviews coming out just saying that it's just beautiful and relaxing to just get immersed in. I'm like, sweet, that's exactly what I wanted from the game. Load me in. Yeah, so we'll report back on our thoughts with season alleged to the future in the coming weeks. But uh, 8-Bit Nation, that officially brings us to the end of episode 314 of THG. Miss Hart, anything you wanted to mention or shout out before we close this sucker down for another week? Yeah, I just want to congratulate you on your anime podcast already getting on the charts and making some uh, making some moves. So uh, I know that it was always a little joke on our <laughs> Hungry Gamers episodes about, you know, how, why didn't you just hurry up and make an anime podcast and you bloody did it and you're doing very well at it. So congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was nice. We, we didn't manage to hit the number one spot on the iTunes podcast charts yet, but yet. we peaked at number four. We're sitting at around 10 or 11 at the moment, but hopefully all you fantastic listeners out there can get that in your ear holes ASAP, chuck some ratings, some reviews, and get that back up there because uh, yeah. it's always nice to see the, uh, the the underdogs getting in there amongst the big heavy hitters and uh, charting well. So for everyone that has listened to it, thank you, and anyone that's about to, also thank you. And uh, Miss Hart, thank you for the kind words because it's fun, and I'm looking forward to getting you on there to talk oh boy. anime. And see if I can uh, stick the landing with the recommendation for you because there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. Yeah. All you got to do is find something really messed up. We got a few. We got a few out there. Uh, so uh, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, the Apey Nation, that brings us to the end of THG 314. Thanks as always for stopping on by. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe this podcast and all the other podcasts to listen to on the regular because those rating reviews help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. But I think it's our time to get out of here. So until next time, Apey Nation. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry. Stay hungry.